0: When after the beginning of the Russian invasion, I said the president is here when millions of Ukrainians decided at the same time we are here and we will not surrender. And when the world supported us saying democracies are here, then it meant and still mean freedom is here. Human dignity is here law is here and one day it will definitely mean peace is here
1: yes hi everybody um so richard thank you so much for sharing your your points of views and um you know everyone i i want you to say something here is is that you know it's not easy it's not easy to strike The calm and the peace of unity. It's possible, but it's it's just it's not easy because we all have our very strong and extreme beliefs that we hold dear in our hearts and that we try to pontificate to the world. And I say that because I want you all to really understand that at the end of the day, what are we all here for? We're all here as was uh, discussed earlier and in the title of this program, to discuss what this midterm election is teaching us so that we can take an active part in participation and making it better for the future. And also we can be educated citizens in America, understanding the moves that we must make to make a difference. And when it comes to what Richard said about the Christian and uh, neo-liberalism, is that what you called it, Richard?
2: Um, some of neoliberalism, I did mention that, but Christian yes. nationalism. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yes, we understand how, you know, evangelical Christianity, I myself, as you guys all know, I'm an ordained minister. I was raised uh, very evangelical Christian my entire life. I was a missionary for over 20 years. So I really do understand uh, the mindset of Christian thinking. And in many ways, sometimes, uh, you know, that is used to say, maybe let's say on the left for example, that, oh, they're too far progressive because we're. let's say we are over here, right, with this feeling of our beliefs and things. But at the end of the day, we are all entitled to our own beliefs, whether I'm Christian or not, whether I am another kind of religion or not, at the end of the day, being in America is about learning to live here together. And we can have those opposing even beliefs, but we can learn to live in peace. And, and really see everyone as very uh, beneficial to the fabric of America. Francis, you have your hand up. Uh, please uh, unmute yourself and uh, 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 join in. Hey y'all, thanks. Um, Francis, she, her, hers. Um,
3: so I'm a political organizer and I have also run myself, um, but I spent this GOTV uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida, um, working on the coordinated uh, campaign to help you know run a staging location, um, and I got to know a bit of what's going on in Florida uh, firsthand. Um, and some of my assessments include that I think a major damaging major problem is that the centrists in the party have pushed the progressives out, um, and that has led to a time where pro- most progressives have formed their own organizations or are organizing separately. Um, And I believe that this isn't good for anyone because it has led to uh, the fact that the party's GOTV efforts didn't have enough volunteers and the progressives are all sort of diffuse themselves. They're doing uh, their own organizing. But like that lack of coordination, I think, is majorly uh, a a huge problem, Uh, even. And I think that um, and while I respect Richard's views. I do, I'm here and I'm glad that we can have this dialogue because I'm coming at this from a very other side. So what I've seen is, um, and I'll say that the, the candidates even in Florida that were running had pressure from the local county parties to run a centrist campaign and all their messaging was weak. It was even, you know, the party's messaging was like, you know, Democrats are running to reduce costs and make sure everyone can live the American dream. And that is so uninspiring to anyone. And I was going and, and I've seen this in other places, too, where, uh, you know, there are um, so so even like Staten Island or Florida, where people think it's red or purple. No, there's just so many would be Democrats that have completely given up on the political system. They mm-hmm. don't see how it would ever change their life. And they've given up. And and mind you, there's also decades of voter repression that have been happening in Florida. And that's another big thing that needs to be acknowledged and people are still getting threatening letters and phone calls so and and people are scared to go out and vote so Mm -hmm. the GOTV and those person-person conversations really does make a huge difference but when we don't have enough volunteers to do that because the party has been fractured Mm -hmm. so I'm going to just close because and I can maybe come back on later because I have many more thoughts but but um I wanted to say that uh you know I I think about the the blue no matter who folks and then. so it's like okay well let the progressives have our candidates because <clears throat> those of us who will only vote for a certain caliber of candidate who's not taking corporate money who's not who's actually um putting people centric uh, things forward um, let us have our votes and then you all can vote blue no matter who you know um so I and I guess I will say that my mom who's a very and I grew up evangelical christian um my mom Bernie Sanders moved her over from the republican side because she actually mm. Uh, views his, his uh, views as, as, as um, very, very Christian. Um, wow. So I would say that I, I think, and also, I mean, this attacks on socialism. Uh, again, I think that we need to maybe package the messaging different. Um, and mm-hmm. I know in Florida, there's obviously a lot of folks from immigrated from South and Central America who have deep triggers from the words, but mm-hmm. I don't think that means we can abandon the, the real people centered uplifting the poor, Uh, We got to stop talking about middle class and start talking about the poor as well. Um, Mm. And anyway, so I'm going to stop there. And I did invite everyone to Wednesday. I'm having a little gathering with some of the Florida folks and people I know from all over the country.
1: Uh, You're all welcome to join there, too. Uh, That's beautiful, Francis. Put that information down in the chat for us so we can know about that more. And I think you bring up some wonderful things about what's happening on the ground. Messaging is very important. Would you all agree that if we need to further galvanize the message so that we can get what we want at the polls and the end result, that we definitely need to come together more and have a well constructed messaging, right, that really appeals to all American citizens and that hits it on the head? I think we'd all agree with that. Uh, So I think that's very important for us, Francis, Uh, and and honestly, in this discussion, we like to discuss what has happened and what, what what are the struggles we saw. But let's also talk about some of those wins. But let's also t- talk about how we're going to move forward, because that's how we take what we've learned. What, what, what can the past give us, right? The lessons, right? So let's take the lessons with us. Let's learn the lessons and move forward and make better choices for the future. I want to go to Frank Porter. Frank, your hand is up, my friend. Please do share. Thank you so much for being here.
4: Yes. Well, thank you for this discussion. Um, I live in a rural county in California and people who live elsewhere in this country may think that uh, California is all a blue state, we're not. Uh, We have about 12 or 15 counties that are very red um, and some of them are probably in this purple spectrum. And I live in one of those red counties. And we've been spending a lot of time over the last four cycles, really focusing on local issues, local down ballot races to try and build um, our base of Democrats in our county. And it's working now, we focused on local issues uh, and uh, local values, and also in our canvassing, talking to people in authentic ways. And uh, I really would recommend to folks, um, there's a thing called the Rural Urban uh, Bridge Divide um, Project Initiative, and I'll put it in the link. They have uh, done a lot of research on how Democrats can succeed in rural America, because honestly, when you break down what goes on in our country and what parts are red and what parts are uh, not red, basically it's the rural areas or it's the rural Midwestern uh, mm-hmm. states. Uh, many, in many ways, if you look at the voter breakdown in our county, in El-, El Dorado County in California, it much mirrors much of what you'd see in the Midwest. Um, and yes. so, and that's true around the, around the country and parts of Oregon, parts of Washington, uh, again, very rural and rural values. And you have to approach rural issues differently and more authentically. And I think the Rural Urban Bridge Initiative has done a nice job of really providing some good resources for Democrats to think about how we message when we go out and campaign and do door-to-door work and work on the phone, but particularly the canvassing work, uh, how you talk in authentic ways and find those common values that Dom talked about focus on the commonalities because uh, there are a lot more commonalities than you expect and you over time will start winning over voters um, mm-hmm. and I think we also need to spread it a lot we are weak in our area in the area of youth engagement primarily because <laughs> we have such an older population in our county mm-hmm. uh, and that's an area that we have to work on but I really would recommend the rural urban divide initiative I'll put a link in the in the chat and I encourage you to check it out they have some resources and I think uh, it's a valuable thing to spend a little time studying. Thank you so much. Thank you, Frank.
1: Yeah, that was great, Frank. Um, Frank, drop your information, please, for me in the chat there. I'd love to stay connected with you. You seem to have your ear to the pulse of the ground. And uh, I lived in the midterm. I mean, in the midterms. So midwest <laughs> i live in the midwest <laughs> and uh and he's right we really have to address midwest uh rural communities a certain way and me personally i have a very interesting experience with that being an evangelical having been a, a missionary in that area, Minnesota, Iowa, North, South Dakota. Really, there's a way you ha- you have relate to those. But he's right. Uh, Frank is right. If you relate to them, and you speak about values, we will definitely, definitely win uh, in terms of moving us forward more holistically. But we got to learn how to talk to one another. That's the thing. We got to learn how to talk to each other. Uh, Melissa Kirk, you are next, please. Hi, yes. Um, I was
5: wondering why it is okay that apparently um, for democrats or liberals there aren't any or that i know of there aren't any nation national conferences such as hey okay, the okay so conservatives have the conservative political action conference they have turning point usa how come How come there evidently there aren't any such conferences, but more for uh, liberal people or even for libertarians? Uh, Can anybody, would anybody maybe be able to answer that?
2: I have a comment about that. And my view, probably expressed here, you see, is that liberalism is under attack. And we have it right now we're controlled by the extremes. That's the, and our, our country is highly divided and we're losing the middle. We're losing the middle. So um, so we've on the right, we have, of course, the fascist attacking liberalism. That's true. But on the left we have the socialist attacking liberalism because it's not socialism. So so we're in this space where um, the liberal middle of America, is being neglected and is under attack and liberalism has become passe even in academia there's a lot of socialists in academia but liberalism is so so we're not seeing anything on liberalism because nobody calls themselves a liberal anymore basically um and nobody wants to take that label anymore because it's looked at as neoliberal or it's looked at as not socialist. And so we've got other things like that, but we have plenty of programs for progressives and plenty of Zoom meetings like this and plenty of discussions where we on the left can talk about these issues. And um, so that's why you don't see the word liberal um, thrown around that much except here and there and why we have to have all these avoidance of the word liberal, like liberal democracy and so forth.
5: Well, and also, um, yeah, can I, I mean, talk a little bit about the rural urban divide, all right? But I take a look at New Mexico, all right? So New Mexico is a pretty rural state, right? Like, I would say maybe Albuquerque is its biggest city and it's really Albuquerque is really more like a a big town than a large city and and, but so New Mexico, though, uh, elected mostly Democrats in this midterm election and so. I'm just thinking, okay, that New Mexico uh, breaks, okay, the rule somewhat that it's that uh, rural areas elect uh, mostly Republicans and urban areas, uh, urban areas uh, elect Democrats. But in New Mexico, it was that rural uh, and urban areas elected democrats and so i'm just wondering if there was something okay that new mexico was doing okay that- so what you're
1: seeing there melissa is uh two different phenomena occurring in new mexico in New Mexico, yeah. the first thing is, it's a, a growing uh, minority population. Of course, we know it's a huge Native American population there, but also growing a Latin American population in New Mexico. Uh, and the second thing is that there's a huge migration that has taken place uh, since the pandemic, even in even prior of people from the West Coast, so, so California, let's see where I, where I live, into places like next door, which is like New Mexico or Arizona or Nevada, you know, Nevada. those areas are are getting more of an influx. And so they're getting people coming from more of a liberal leaning uh, perspective going into those areas. And so that's why they are actually actually changing in their political uh, kind of where they generally tend to stand. So there's a lot of things that are at work and at play here. In the mix of everything that we've discussed, uh, be it because of the issues of propaganda that always exist out there, we know that. Whether it's the issues of extremism in either corner, whether it's the issues of lacking unity and being so strongly divided of, of different uh, religions and ideas. At the end of the day, this midterms 2022 has taught us one huge lesson in the huge Huge lesson that encapsulates all of that is this. As a country, yes, we are divided. As a country, yes, fear has divided us. But what is the one thing, my friends, that conquers fear? It's love. And while that word love might sound rather soft to some, love simply means care, trust, understood, understanding, support, the feeling of being loved. It taught us that we as American people want our government to love us and treat us that they care about us and we can trust it. So we have to continue to fight to make sure that we can trust our government. We have to continue to fight to make sure that we are willing to protect our democracy at all costs. And we have to continue to remember that the arc of justice goes all the way north and points forward for us all but we all matter, we're all important and let's all do everything we can to stay engaged. So I'll leave you with that and I'll I'll turn it back over to our dear Richard Prusita.
2: Okay, so I wanna get these, we are scheduled until 3.30. So I wanna try and get, let everybody get the chance to speak. We got two more. If you wanna um, um, make your question real quick or your statement real quick, um, Marianne, go ahead and unmute.
6: Okay, what I I live in arguably one of the most um, right wing counties in Florida. And what I have seen the past re- election at the lower level elections, not the higher level, which we know all went um, Republican, is that even at the lower level, people were voting party over principles because principally they were talking about the fact that they didn't want more growth, that they wanted um, to curb the way our city was being affected. And yet all the people who were pro-growth, pro the big um, developers were the ones who got elected. So how do we begin to get people back to voting for their principles instead of their party?
2: Well, the biggest indicator of who you're going to vote for is who your parents voted, what party your parents voted for. So that's a big stop right there. And then that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we do have to appeal to people. You know, we can't just um, start fights with people. Um, We do have to appeal to them and their values and their beliefs. Rural America, they're proud to be American. They're proud to be American. And we should be, too.
1: To Marianne's point of how do we get people to vote not on their party and on their principles? Really, that's about how we talk to one another. It really is. Uh, If I talk to you, let's you said you're in a very, very red area. Um, I'm in Orange County uh, in a very red area, the reddest area down here in the particular area that Republicans try to hold. So when I talk to business, other businessmen or people that I have to work with as a black woman in Huntington Beach in America in a very red area, Uh, I still want them to I want to help them to see the issues that we care about are important. So how do I talk to them? I don't focus on the things that I know that we may clash upon, because those kinds of things will immediately elicit as Richard brought up, just rancor uh, and and just issues and struggle and strife. So it's not going to be about that. It's going to be about our principles, our values. I know I want to feel safe. And they want to feel safe, so I know they care about you know maybe our borders and our homeland security. I doesn't mean I don't care about that either. I do too. So we try to align Marianne where we can, and this is to everybody, and try not to judge someone based on their republic, their party, if they're Republican or whatever. Don't do that. Talk to their soul and their spirit. That's what's most important.
2: Okay, we got. It. We had two more. We had up with two more. Abby, go ahead.
7: Hi. Good evening, everyone. Um. The point I want to make, and it's something I feel so strongly about, is that as Democrats or as people who believe in democracy, and actually it's two points. The first is focus on the big issues. I think we look at the midterm um, elections, and it was really close. You know, in some elections, 10,000 votes, and there would have been other people in places, so, and people who were dangerous. I don't think we're through the dangerous time. So instead of all of us focusing on, you know, maybe household, neighbor, or community issues, sometimes we really need to look at a larger issue at what affects us all, right? Um, The second thing is, and and it's something that I find that also um, concerns me, my personal life, is defining the narrative. I find so often um, we kind of see the issue and then immediately you're on d- defense. So I'll I'll give an example of of where I think about that. It's using the word woke. And woke is now almost a, a pejorative, like a um a, an insult. And and it at its beginning, at least when I heard it, it never was. It was almost like um uh, uh, a rallying cry, stay woke, you know, keep your head on the swivel. And now it's used negatively. And I think if we consistently define what we're talking about, define the issues, then we can be on offense and be as, as and make a declarative um, argument and mm-hmm. be for something instead of defending against something else. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Okay. How about um, let's move on to Jim. Go ahead and unmute. Thank you so much, Abby.
0: Yeah, Richard, I, um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't see all the chat. I actually kind of got bounced for a brief period and stuff, so I missed some of the chat. Uh, I, I assume that a lot of people were pushing back on you, but I mean, as, I mean, I just want to say, as somebody who helped start the Obama campaign in 2007 in Virginia and worked with the Obama campaign in general, organizing young people and uh, being involved in Virginia politics, where we always have a battleground election every year. I mean, you are, a lot of what you're saying is accurate, and it relates to some trainings I've done. Uh, This year, I finally kind of, there's a lot of, a hot topic is relational organizing right now in campaigns. And one of the things that I decided to do that was inspired by that is to talk about how if you're on social media, you need to be engaging people in a positive way. And you can't get buried in tribalism and baggage and uh, fear and hate of the other side. You have to be sharing messages of hope uh, and solution focused um, facts or actions and things like that, uh, policies. And right now, a lot of the energy that I see on the left or the Democratic side, a lot of it is totally without strategy and without focus. Um, it, I manage a Facebook group that is for Virginia Democrats, and most of the submissions are about Trump and memes that do nothing to engage or educate the audience uh, volunteer opportunities, anything. And a lot they're basically super spreaders, a lot of these activists, uh, and, not, and not in a good way uh, of information that is useless. So I, I got to back up a lot of what you're saying. I, I think maybe you could say it in a way that, that won't uh, trigger people as much. But <laughs> But, you know, but I mean, but yeah, I mean, I just I shared in the chat a story about how one teacher in Fairfax County, where I live in Virginia, was playing privilege bingo in the classroom and telling even military kids that they were privileged and, and, you know, and, and trying to rank people by privilege. So there, there's times where this, this, this teaching goes too far, and we need to at least address it from a point of view of, of reality and not uh, just pretend it doesn't exist. You have to engage it and find a common ground, a a balance where you're you're preaching or you're you're arguing for change that's positive, but you're not shaming people and being so negative that you turn them off and they're like, and they basically want to quote unquote on the libs as a result. So I I do agree that we need to build a pro-democracy coalition, and that takes a lot of work and venting is not the answer. So uh, so anyway, so I, I, I have, uh, I posted also a Facebook video of me talking about this issue on Thanksgiving because my dad is a Trumper and I can't handle his, uh, election denialism and, yeah. and I, I hate that, but I also hate what I'm seeing on the left, uh, which is also very divisive as well. So, um, so anyway, so check that out and, um, but yeah, I think you're on the right track, Richard. Uh, I think I think we just need to find a way to talk about it where people understand it um, right off the bat uh, and and don't uh, get uh, scared away from from these ideas. All right.
2: Thank you so much for your support and for your comments, Jim. Richard. Okay, great. All right. Thank you so much, everybody for coming. I appreciate all your comments. Thank you uh, for listening um, to me. Uh, these are some issues that are on my mind. And the problems that I've seen and experienced over my lifetime, um, this is not the first time where I've had issues with um, some of the propaganda and messaging that comes out in the left. The very reason we're called the Truth and Democracy Coalition is because of messaging that wanted to eliminate the word democracy. Um, And so we took it. We took that word because we knew it was a good word. So thank you everybody and uh, for coming. and thank you, Dom, for being here. Thank you for your patience and for your intelligence and for your willingness to listen and to be a part of this. Um, thank you so much.
4: Um, we please open that up and read what's in there. Is it for me? What is it? Do you feel safe? You shouldn't.
6: Everyone with a gun is going to be at your house.
4: It's time to spill blood. You know I'm a comedy guy, right? What is this? This is for people who are
6: working our elections, volunteering?
4: Yeah. Just the people that work at the polls? Mm -hmm. That is bone chilling.
6: You're all going to die and it is what you deserve. Looking at an election should not be a dangerous job.
4: It is truly chilling to receive something like this. We have to
6: help protect our election workers.
4: They're doing something great for our democracy and, yeah, they deserve our gratitude and, apparently, our protection as well.